If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Henley and I'm too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy and I love watching scary movies. And so I watch them so that you don't have to. And we are missing Emily today. We're missing her dearly. But the show must go on. The show must go on. Emily, we love you. We love you, Emily. We, we always have and we always will. And, um, other than the scary thing of Emily not being here, did anything scary happen to us this week? Mm, just the constant relentless scariness of, of parenthood, of, of motherhood. Um, it's, it's never ending. I would say, I think the thing that I've been feeling the most recently is trying to figure out when I have time for myself which yeah. feels like impossible, impossible, really yeah. impossible. And every time I think I'm about to get time for myself, something comes something up, something goes awry and that doesn't happen. So like today, for example, I um, thought that we were going to have, oh my God. And Tim is poking his head into the room. <laughs> oh my God. And Tim is here. This Tim is, is here. a surprise. <laughs> Hi, Timmy. There's a little priest poking his head <laughs> There's head a little priest in here. Oh, wait, do you need to come in? Oh, you're just saying hi. I'm recording now. Yeah. I love you. Bye. Bye. Okay. So case in point. <laughs> Um, so I thought that, okay, here's my situation. And I am constantly telling myself and retelling myself this situation over and over again, trying to like make sense of it. Uh And it still doesn't make any sense. But I have help from a woman who comes to my house and will take care of one of my children at a time. I can only afford her to take care of one child at a time because it is so expensive. Thank God for her. Seriously. Thank God for her. I just bow down for all the the caregivers out there. Bless you. Truly. However, this means that I only have to take care of one child at a time, which means that when Silas is in preschool, preschool, I say in quotes, Mm -hmm. I get two hours to myself where he's in preschool. That's from 11:45 to 1:45. Yeah. Monday through Thursday. Okay, four four days a week, 2 hours a day, yes. 8 hours total. It is very hard to 
get something done in two hours. I do you have this thing where I mean, I'm sure you do. And I'm sure your concept of time is all messed up in general. But like if I have a free day, but then I have a meeting at say 1 p.m., like the whole morning is ruined for me. I'm like, well, I've got to <laughs> mentally prepare for this 1 p.m. thing. Yes. Like I can't get yes. anything done because yes. I have a meeting at one. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I wonder if that has any relation to um, when I'm waiting for something, I want to just, you know, I have to stand in line. I'm waiting for a movie ticket. I'm standing in mm-hmm. line to get to the bathroom or whatever. I am so diligently watching that line. Yeah. I am not focused on anything else. Like no. I'm in the grocery store waiting to check out. I am watching the fucking checkout line get smaller and smaller and smaller. What, just in case someone like cuts in front of me? Like, what am I watching for? It's, I, can, I, I feel like phone. I do it for the dread of being the person that's not paying attention. And they're like, hello, mm. next in line, next in line. And I'm like, oh my God, I just <laughs> delayed everybody behind me because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and there's some, there's also just some kind of masochistic pleasure in it. There's some pleasure. It's like watching paint dry. You're like, I yeah, that's am, true. I'm being productive in some way by watching this happen. Anyway, right. That, mentality has got to factor in somehow. Yeah. But those two hours, man, I really want to protect them as much as I can. But holy shit, I would say 70% of the time, something comes in to fuck up those two hours. So today it was a snow day. So school got canceled. So those two hours, boom, gone. Yeah. Right now we're recording while Silas naps. We'll see how long that yeah, lasts. so we might have to piecemeal this episode together. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then the past couple of weeks, it was just rolling sicknesses. First, it was Silas had RSV, then May had RSV. Everyone was sick. I feel like we've gotten through that. It was really scary. We had to go to the ER with Silas. We had to go to the ER with May. Ugh. I luckily live only five minutes away from the ER, so... I feel pretty, part of me is just like, just go, you know, like, yeah. why not just go? You know, um, and I was saying, cause my health insurance changed this year and my emergency room copay is actually pretty affordable. And so, because I'm so mad about having to pay so fucking much for health insurance, I'm like, I'm going to go to the emergency room for everything. <laughs> for all the time and I probably won't there. you medical professionals out there. Don't yell at me. I'm, I'm not actually going to do it, but it's just like uh, health insurance is so annoying. Oh, I could talk about that forever. It's so annoying. It's so complicated. It's, um, doesn't make any sense. I had to go to the ER with May. Um, she had a fever and she was just kind of inconsolable at 4am Tylenol. We'd given her Tylenol. wasn't helping. She was super stuffy. I knew she had RSV because I'd taken her to the doctor. She'd been tested. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just taking her to the ER right now. Go to the ER there's nothing they can do for RSV. Like there's nothing they can do except monitor her and make sure she's getting enough fluids. Right. There's no medicine for it. Um, you just have to monitor it to make sure it doesn't turn into bronchitis or pneumonia, which thank God it didn't. And I got to tell you, we've just been having a hell of a time and it's only January 16th. Yeah. <laughs> this winter. <sighs> this winter. 
It's <laughs> a lot. It sounds like a lot. I'm coming to visit you soon. Okay, Sammy, I am so freaking excited. I can help with things. No, you're not going to help with anything. I actually been thinking about that. I was like, oh, poor Sammy. This is like not a fun situation to visit. It's going to be fun. I'm going to have a good time because you're going to be there. Oh, that's really, that's so sweet. The thing that I did last night is that I bought us tickets to go see a Broadway production on the Saturday that you're here. Oh my God. Yay. A matinee. Hell yeah. And we're going to spend all day in New York and I'm going to have some goddamn dirty martinis. You better believe it. (laughs) Um, I will as well. That sounds wonderful. I can't can't freaking wait. wait. Oh my God. I can't. I'm so excited you're coming. I'm so excited. It feels like a dream. It feels like it can't be real. I it's it's real. It's going to happen and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be not scary. Something wonderful in the horizon to look Mm -hmm. forward to (laughs) a brief reprieve. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me, tell me how you're doing. Tell me everything. Well, I've been sick this whole year so far as well. I think I had a sinus infection because um, I took one million COVID tests and they were all negative. Um, it's just weird to be sick and have it not be COVID, you know, if you're always like, wait. It's COVID though, right? Everybody has COVID right now. Like, how do I not have COVID? Um, But it wasn't COVID. So I was just sleeping a lot and lots of sinus headaches, sinus pressure. Uh, Sinus infections are the worst. Did you feel like your face was like swollen? Yeah. Just like your face, whole face hurts. Now my... It's mostly gone, but my ears are still popping every time I swallow, which is very annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm on the mend. But something that I've been doing while sick is watching a lot of movies and television. And I just wanted to tell you that I finally started Zero Zero Zero. (gasps) You did? Which is on Amazon Prime. It's like like a crime thriller drug cartel show with Andrea Riseborough and Dane DeHaan. I'm really loving it. I have some trouble following the plot at times. In the first episode, they're like all, there's a lot of soldiers dressed in like completely covering their faces. And I'm like, I don't don't know. I have no idea who's who, but I know the camera is lingering on certain people and I'm supposed to be like learning about this character, but I'm like, I have no idea who that is. Um, So that's been a little bit tricky, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. And Henley, you didn't tell me extremely important vessel show there's a vessel featured big time big time big time it is a cargo ship transporting cocaine across the atlantic and yeah we're spending a lot of time on this vessel and i'm i'm loving it sammy this show has to have one of the most jaw-dropping astonishing unbelievable shocking i cannot come up with enough words to describe the final scene of this show oh my god i normally want to temper expectations with everything you know my personality i'm just expect expect the most expect the most (laughs) wow i can't wait um you know speaking of the uh the the curse finale if anybody out there watches the curse that finale is also, I think, one of 
the most insane finales I've ever seen in my life. It's wild. But uh, something I wanted to say about 000 is, you know, previously on our Gremlins episode, I brought up the band Mogwai Mm -hmm. and said, I'm not a fan of Mogwai, which was, I just don't really know Mogwai, but Mogwai does the whole score for 000. And the music is so good in it. And it made me realize that I've actually listen to Mogwai and use them in editing before I like use it temp temp music, but I just didn't remember the name. So apologies to Mogwai. I am a fan (laughs) and set their records straight. You know, it's my one genre of music I like is instrumental and they have lots of instrumental stuff. So I'm back in. I love music again. Hell just yeah. kidding. Oh, just kidding. Let's not Actually, get I was thinking about that because I bought us tickets to a musical and Tim immediately said, doesn't Sammy hate music? And then I got a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I will enjoy a musical. I feel like those are kind of just for the whole show of it. You know, it's not like it's not like a concert. No, it's not a concert. I mean, we'll just see. We'll take it. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but so in the spirit of being sick. this week's movie is sick came out in 2023 and it was directed by john hyams written by kevin williamson and caitlin crabb starring gideon adlin beth million dylan sprayberry mark manchasa and jane adams and it is streaming on peacock henley what do you know about this movie absolutely nothing what else did kevin williamson write a little movie called Scream. Maybe That's you've heard of it. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I wanted to say it, but then you want to sound like an idiot. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So a legendary horror screenwriter. This movie got requested a lot when it came out. And so it's been on my list of things to watch. And then um, because I like to do end of the year lists, I've been trying to cram in as many 2023 movies as I can. And technically sick says 2022 on IMDb, but it's that thing where it like released in a festival in 2022 and then got released wide in January of 2023. So I'm counting it as a 2023 movie. And so I wanted to watch it just on the off chance that it was going to make that top 10 list. I knew it wasn't going to not in a bad way, but I just, you know, it's it's the chances were slim. The chances were slim. This was a good movie year. But I did enjoy it. It has an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 62% on Metacritic, and a 6 on IMDb. No budget info and not really any trivia. I, I didn't even, I don't know if it came out in theaters. It, because it's a Peacock original, it might have been a straight to streaming situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a COVID era movie. They, it's about COVID. So tr- trigger warning, COVID, we're going to be talking about COVID. Okay, <laughs> taking Taking back to 2020. Uh, okay. Not a, not a fun place to revisit necessarily, but I think we will still have some fun with this movie. It's an 83-minute movie. You love to Ooh, hear it. Gorgeous. It's like an episode of television these days. Exactly. We will watch the trailer at the end. And that will be available to view on our Patreon, our video trailer reactions at patreon.com slash TSDW podcast. We also do two bonus episodes a month on there and you get to vote in patron chosen episodes every month. Really wonderful place to be. Just, mm-hmm. just saying, just saying. Um, but 
I think we should just get into this recap. Yeah, let's get into it. I, I, I know truly nothing. Didn't even know this movie existed. Hell yeah. Sick. 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 <laughs> it's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website. And put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. We all come home after a long day of work, and what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting, and we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer a bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I, I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know, I'm a broken record over here. I love skims. I love skims. I'm sorry. That's just the, the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops. Because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. 
And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we begin in April 2020. Some text comes up that tells us 42 states have issued stay-at-home orders. Almost 97% of the country is quarantined. Feels too soon. I'm just going to say it right off the bat. Feels too soon. Feels too soon, but okay. Okay. I know. it's. uh, I guess Kevin Williamson was interviewed a lot about that. And he was like, I couldn't tell if it was like too soon or too late. (laughs) It is a... um, hard to gauge because some, it also does feel like a period piece. It's like dated mm-hmm. in, in certain ways, but, mm-hmm. but anyway, so we start with, uh, Tyler is in a grocery store. We're all out of toilet paper. We're oh, all Jesus. like panicking, buying as much toilet paper as possible, which is just such a funny thing that happened that everyone was just like, I'm going to run out of toilet paper. Stockpiling toilet paper and then shaming people for stockpiling toilet paper on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember really being like, y'all got to get bidets and I stand by it. Bidets rule. Anyways. As Tyler is walking around the um, aisles that have that like tape on the floor that's like walk this direction mm-hmm. only, Oof, a lot of things really <laughs> upsetting to be reminded of. He gets a text that says, "Hey, hey, Tyler, want a party?" And he responds, "Yeah, sure. Who is this?" <laughs> it's just funny to say yes, and then who is this? <laughs> uh, they write back, "We'll only play if you're COVID safe. You tested, and." He writes back, like, fuck off, like, none of your business, leave me alone or something. Doesn't know who this person is. Uh, goes, he's seeming a little weirded out by it. Goes to the checkout line and everyone's, you know, like staying there six feet apart in line and someone in line coughs, just a single cough and like everyone turns and <laughs> looks at them and I'm like, oh my God, I remember that as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And while he's in the checkout line, he gets texted a photo of him in the checkout line from behind him. But there's like 15 people in line behind him. So he doesn't know who it is. He just like holds up a middle finger to everyone behind him in line. He's freaked out. He checks out. He rushes home. CNN is playing on the television nonstop. He goes in through his front door, but then he realizes that a side door is wide open So he is slowly searching the apartment for an intruder and he goes to turn off the TV to 
uh, so it can be quiet. And as he turns it off, we see a reflection of somebody in the TV. It's a very creepy shot. Scary. That person lunges out of the corner of the room, attacks them. It's like a man in a in just all black and a black mask, basically a ski mask covering everything. So you don't really see him, but um, he's got a knife and he's trying to stab Tyler. Tyler's doing a good job fighting back, but uh, it's, you know, he's got a knife. So he does get stabbed in the oh. hand. But then he's able to push the attacker off and barricade himself in his room and he grabs a baseball bat. I believe our our poll result for weapon of choice. Number one. That was the winner. I disagree, but (laughs) democracy wins. Wolverine claws are it for me. I don't know why anyone would pick Wolverine claws, but baseball bat, sure. Yeah, Wolverine claws. Would have been great in this situation. Uh, he and th- to be fair, the, I think they chose aluminum bat, which is obviously superior to a wooden bat, which is what he has. So this is, you know, not exactly the best uh, weapon he could have. Uh, so he grabs the bat and he psychs himself up and he's going to run out to fight the guy now. And he opens the door back up. Nobody there. He's looking around the whole apartment, doesn't see anybody. Front door is open now, and so he goes slowly out to look around into the hallway of the apartment building, and as he's looking out, we see the guy coming up behind him, grabs him from behind, slits his throat. (gasps) Holy shit! Dead. Sick. Main title. Oh, bye, Tyler. Tyler. You are long for the world, huh? Kevin Williamson loves loves to do this. <laughs> I was say, to if do you're this. in an opening scene that Kevin Williamson wrote, mm-hmm. chances He's are, killing you. yeah. So now we are at a high school. I believe we're in Utah, and we meet our main character Parker. She's being very blasé about COVID. She's not wearing her mask. She's like, "I'm fine. I don't have any symptoms." And her friend, her best friend Miri, is getting in the car with her. They're like leaving. Because everyone's been ordered now to go quarantine. So no school. So they're half excited, half scared. Oh, yeah. I wanted to apologize. This is um, a time that my cat really likes the door being open. So if you hear loud meows in the background, just know that that's bunk. And I will open the door for him later so he gets some sun time. Yeah. Uh, And so Parker and Miri are going to Parker's lake house to quarantine together. And again, Parker is more like relaxed and uh, chill about it. Miri's like, put your mask on. Like we got to, and Miri's doing all the hand sanitizers. She seems a little more like sticking to the CDC guidelines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they drive out to Parker's lake house, which, uh, I can't remember if it says where her parents are, but basically they're not around. And so it's just going to be Parker and Miri at this lake house. This lake house is absolutely massive. And in the middle of nowhere, like there's no other neighbors around, but it's like a, it looks like a chalet essentially. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine doing that with a college roommate? It would be uh, so intense to be quarantined with a college roommate in any other situation besides at college. I know. I mean, I think lots of people experience this, probably not in chalets, but just like quarantining with 
whoever you were with at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, wasn't mm-hmm. again, it wasn't a fun time. It wasn't a good time. No. But this looks like an ideal setting, at least. If you got a quarantine, might as well be in a, a chalet on the lake. Parker gets a text that says, having fun from an unknown number. She writes back, who is this? They don't respond. We see them unpacking all of their groceries and stuff, supplies for however long they're going to be there and Clorox wiping everything. (laughs) They go and and sit by the lake in their bathing suits. It's cold, but um, it's sunny. It's very pretty. And they're chatting about uh, Parker has posted something on her Instagram of this guy uh, named Blake or something. I can't remember. And they're talking about how he's, he was cute. And Parker says, yeah, like tried to talk to him again, but he ghosted me. And Miri is saying, asking if DJ is mad. So it seems like DJ is maybe someone that Parker has dated or is dating, but Parker doesn't seem too worried about it. And then she gets another text that says, jump in the water's fine. Creeped out by that. They go back to the house and the side door is wide open again. The door's being open in a house when you didn't open it. No. We've talked about that before and, and no one will save you. And that's, it's, it's just, uh, we'll you just want to get out of there. Immediately. Yeah, I'm, I'm immediately very scared. So they, they lock the door and, but again, this place is huge. So there's no way to like easily check if anyone is, there's so many places that somebody could be. It's really very big. So, you know, they don't see anybody, but I guess they kind of, they kind of brush it off. And that night they're getting drunk, watching the news and taking shots every time someone mentions Fauci, which I thought was funny. (laughs) Uh, And then some car headlights are approaching. Oh, no. Miri's uh, immediately pretty scared. Like, who is, who is that? And Parker's like, maybe it's one of my dad's friends checking on us. Like, they get kind of paranoid sometimes. Miri immediately grabs a knife. I'm like, I love this for Miri. Mm-hmm. Parker's like, I'm going to, I'll check. And she's like, no, don't open the door. Like, we don't know who it is. Someone's ringing the doorbell now and banging on the door. They're saying like, who is it? Who is it? person's not responding, keeps banging and banging, and then the banging <sighs> stops. Parker opens the door. Nobody's there. Okay. We see Miri like a couple feet behind Parker with her knife in her hand, and we see blurred in the background someone approaching through the side door that's coming in behind them now that they're not seeing uh makes a noise they turn and scream and it's dj parker's ex or whatever he is fake out they're screaming at him why didn't you answer when we asked who it is he's on the phone he's like i'm on the phone i'm on the phone and he hangs up his call and he's like sorry that i like came to surprise you like she's like you weren't invited (laughs) we don't want you here like what the fuck is wrong with you but uh, you know, it's like a far drive and it's nighttime. And so they let him stay. Parker is a little pleased that he's there. They're like, it seems like they have a, a situationship, if mm. you will. It's mm-hmm. maybe not fully defined, but 
she did ask him for some space and he seems to be thinking that what she actually wants is him to surprise her oh, in quarantine. Okay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. She's annoyed, but also like you can tell that she still kind of likes him and they decide to make the best of it. They are getting drunk. They're partying. They're smoking weed later. They're all getting ready to go to bed and DJ admits while he, why he's really here. And it's because he saw that Instagram post with this other guy, Blake or whoever it is. And we're going to call him Blake for the purposes of his, sure. of this recap. I don't think that was his name, but I think it was something with a B. <laughs> so close enough. Mm-hmm. And he DJ's jealous of this and says, like, I just, you know, who is this guy? Do you like him? And she's saying, you know, you need to, back off. We were never exclusive. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. And, you know, you're not my boyfriend, but it's clear that DJ wants to be. And he's like, just admit, like, we have something special here. And she says, we do, but like, I'm sorry you drove all, and I'm sorry you drove all the way out here, but I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. And he looks disappointed, but he says, okay, like, I'll leave, I'll leave in the morning. I'm I'm sorry. I misread the situation. Miri and Parker go up to go to bed. DJ goes out to grab his overnight bag from his car outside. And as he's by his car, we see a shadowed figure enter in through the front door that he has left open. Oh, my God. And it's directed really well. Just all the like things happening in the background of shots is so scary. (laughs) Uh, And... They're so they're all they're all falling asleep now. Miri is asleep in in her room. Parker is in her room. DJ is sleeping downstairs on the couch, even though there's certainly one million rooms. And (laughs) I think we could have found him one. But uh, so they're all falling asleep and we see the killer slash intruder man in black creeping around the house taking each of their cell phones. Oh, scary. And there's a shot that's very similar to a shot in the rental where it's just Parker sleeping and you see him coming out from the dark corners of the room and just slowly approaching her as she sleeps. It's very (gasps) unsettling nightmare fuel no thank you that truly is like the only thing that i ever really get scared of in my bed at night is like is there a man right, in my right, in my room right, right of course <laughs> of course it's the scariest thing i don't let myself i just simply don't let myself i actually think of when i'm walking up and down the stairs well, there's usually a man in your room there's one <laughs> that's true that's true that's true um and he has the power of christ on his side so (laughs) you better believe good luck luck. (laughs) intruders slash demons good luck to you that's this is just a long con that's why i married tim was for the protection Um, just for the mm -hmm. protection no i won't i won't let my mind go there at night i won't i won't let it i won't let it Yeah, I mean, that's why Gerald's game is my main thing that I think of when I get scared, just because it's just perfectly like a tall man in the corner watching me. (laughs) It's really as bad as it gets, folks. So that's happening here in this house. And 
all of a sudden music turns on blasting in the house. DJ wakes up, goes to reach for his cell phone. Cell phone's gone. He's immediately scared. He knows something Mm. is wrong. Mm -hmm. But Parker thinks DJ is just being an asshole. She wakes up and she kind of rolls her eyes, irritated, reaches for her phone, also gone. Walks downstairs and pretty loudly is yelling at DJ and DJ runs up to her, puts his hand over her mouth because we see that the person she was yelling at was not DJ. Oh, geez. And so he pulls her into another part of the house and is like, shh, shh, shh. Someone is in the house. There's someone here. And he asks where her phone is. She says, I don't have it. I don't have mine either. And he sees a balcony and asks her, can you get down to the street from there? Because I think they're on the second floor. And she says, yes. And he says, "Okay, you go out that way. I'll go get Miri. And here's the car keys. We'll meet you down at the car. They say, "Okay." Parker starts climbing down the balcony trellis or whatever. And... As she gets down to the ground floor and looks in the window of where Miri is sleeping, she sees the killer in mm. there, starts screaming because DJ is not has not made it to that part of the house yet. So she's mm. screaming, Miri, wake up, wake up. Miri wakes up just in the nick of time as this killer is bringing the knife down. Oh, my God. About to stab her. She barely dodges it. DJ busts in at this moment, tackles the guy. They're fighting. Miri runs out. Miri's able to run out of the house completely to where Parker is. They get in the car. They start it to get ready to uh, book it once DJ gets out of the house. So DJ's fighting with this guy, trying to make his way towards the front door. And also, we see that the tires have obviously been slashed. Any, Any killer worth mm-hmm. his weight in what's mm-hmm. this what's mm-hmm. the saying worth, worth his salt worth, worth his, his weight in salt no that is not it that is it, not it that was the first thing that came to my mind though also so that's at least a common misconception <laughs> <laughs> worth his weight i think we can just say worth his weight yeah we'll slash the tires i feel like that's pretty absolutely it, home intruder 101 you're gonna want to slash those tires mm-hmm. uh so no surprises there but still sucks DJ is fighting with this guy. He's again got the knife. So DJ gets stat like sliced in the hand, but he sh- he shoves him pretty good and is able to run out of the room. And now he's in the little foyer where the front door is, and the killer's running up. And DJ grabs this head of antlers like a. <laughs> you know, nice. hunted, yes. cut off deer head and fucking slams him with the antlers. It's such a I've never considered this weapon before, but these are mm-hmm. huge. They're like four feet tall antlers. So they're going to do some damage. Definitely. And it does. And so he looks like he's going to get a chance to escape. But just as he's making his way towards the door, the killer gets up again, stabs him in the thigh Oof, don't like to be stabbed in the thigh. We know there's a pretty important artery in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so DJ 
falls and is doing his best to continue to fight back while Miri and Parker are outside stressed, like not knowing what's going on. They see the front door is open and they're seeing shadows and trying to make out what's happening, but they can't quite see. And then the door slams shut because they're fighting and he gets thrown against the door. So it's not looking good for DJ. The killer gets the upper hand again, throws him against the wall and um, there's like a tapestry on the wall, like a blanket that falls on top of DJ and the killer just <sighs> stabs through the blanket over and over and over. Oh. DJ doesn't seem like he's going to be bouncing back from this, but no. we go back to Miriam Parker's perspective and the door opens slowly. DJ slowly is coming out. We're just seeing it. It's, you know, a little, it's hard to see. It's through the windshield. We're trying to make out what's happening. We can see he's obviously covered in blood. Doesn't look good, but he's trying to get out, reaching. And Parker gets out of the car to go help him, but sees that his feet are not touching the ground. <gasps> and we oh my God. look around to see that he is being held up by a fucking spear. Then the killer is right behind him. Ew, what the fuck? And so this killer's wearing a mask. Obviously, you can't see his face. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a it's like a ski mask or like a hoodie and a black mask. You can't tell. No, it's okay. I mean it seems like a man just from their body type, but we couldn't say for sure. We couldn't say for sure. Okay. But both of the fights we've seen have been with like high school slash college dudes, and they've seemed pretty well matched mm -hmm. in terms of size and mm -hmm. so i don't know yeah we're you know we don't know for sure but mm -hmm. uh so parker screams and runs gets back in the car they drive as fast as they can but without tires with flat tire it's like immediately grinding down to metal and gets caught pretty quickly on the side in like a ditch and they don't have enough traction to get out of it so they're stuck and they didn't make it far enough away so that killer is right on their tail smashes the window is trying to like grab them out of the car they both get out on the driver's side he's on the passenger side and they run as fast as they fucking can back into the house and they slam the front door before he's able to get in. So, um, but he's right there. I mean, he's right on their tail. It's not going to be like, and there's right. one million entrances right, exactly. into, into this house. So it's, you know, it's, this movie is a nonstop chase scene pretty much from this point okay. forward and i mean even before this point it basically once it starts it doesn't stop and it's just continuous running from and this being, man and, <laughs> yeah, and being oh, wow. him being like right on your tail it's okay. very it's very stressful and pretty scary i mean it's tense and you know like we said it's nice and short so you're just it's just quick and mm -hmm. then it's over. So, okay. Okay. Con All right. Continuing our chase. They now, Parker leads Miri into a little secret room that she played in when she was a kid, but they don't have enough of a head start to actually hide anywhere. He's literally right behind them, but they're able to lock the door. And so he's slowly banging down the door, but they have just enough time to climb out the window. Parker says, I used to do this when I was a kid. And they're basically walking along the 
edge of the house and they're on like the third floor now. They're pretty high up and it's a wide enough little ledge. It's not as bad as like Neo in the Matrix opening right, right. scene, shall we say, but it's probably a, a, a foot or so, but enough for them to uh, maneuver around the corner of the house to go into another room. But Do they have time to be like questioning who this could be or why this could be happening. No, no, no. Just nonstop running. Okay. No, they're just running and they're scooting around the side of this house and Parker makes it to the other room that they were trying to get into. But one of the windows that Miri is passing, the killer has gotten into that room and smashes through it and knocks her off the ledge. And so she falls Three stories. Three stories down and lands That's not good. very badly. And oh, she's dead. We're look, thinking she's probably dead. Mm-hmm. Parker runs down to the kitchen now. She's using anything and everything as a weapon. She's opening the silverware drawers, throwing like all cutlery at this guy, <laughs> vases from the uh, countertops, just grabbing everything and throwing it at him. She needs a blender. She does need a blender. Uh, and there is a blender. They did actually make a blended cocktail in an earlier scene. So Ooh. Parker Ooh. didn't use everything you could have, but she's doing pretty well. I was very impressed by her um, fortitude, her, for, her fortitude and her strength. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And, and she grabs an ice bucket. She, she oh, she throws the va- a vase at his head, and he falls to the ground. And then she grabs an ice bucket, gets on top of him, and bashes his fucking head in okay. over and over Whoa. and over and over and over until you can't even barely recognize a face. Whoa. And she is panting, gasping for air, looking, you know, in complete shock and like you would if you just killed somebody unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's dead. Imagine, I mean, he looks very dead. Okay. Um, and yeah, just imagine going to bed and then waking up and not knowing that you're about, to, not, you're about to kill somebody. That would be, it's almost like blacking out. It feels like you would black out and wait, like come to in that moment and be like, what the fuck just happened? Like so much adrenaline pulsing through you. Yeah. And that's what she looks like. She's just like, (sighs) and looks up. uh, It's all obviously like glass windows, Mm -hmm. floor to ceiling glass windows in this house too. Sorry. I can't believe I forgot that detail, but she looks up and walking towards the side door is another man in black. There are two of them. And she's slowly crawling backwards. This man, new man, walks in and drops down at the other guy's side. I think the mask, because she beat his face in, the mask has come off now. And we do see that it is a guy. But we don't recognize him. And, you know, admittedly, he does have almost no face left. So (laughs) I don't know if we even would. But... The other guy is dressed the same way, head to toe, black mask, don't see really anything but his eyes. And he drops down at this guy's side and starts crying. And so it gives Parker a chance to get away. She basically just runs around the kitchen island, out the front door, 
She runs to where Miri is. Miri is still alive, but her leg is broken. She can't walk. And Parker's trying to help her for a second, but the guy is now going to turn and come for her. So she tells Miri to play dead. She just says, play dead, play dead, play dead. Runs into the like trees surrounding the property. The guy does come and, and look at Miri. She's doing a pretty good job playing dead, but he's really staring at her for a long time and maybe like kicking her and just doesn't seem to be moving from the spot. And so Parker throws like a rock just to make a sound somewhere to distract him. And unfortunately, I guess he's got pretty good hearing because he could tell where it was coming from. And he sees her, chases her now. To she runs to the dock of the lake, and some a portion of the dock breaks off. Like it's not a boat; it's almost like a stand-up paddleboard, but just part of the dock essentially. Which I've never seen that before. But she's able to just disconnect part of the dock, push off. She has an oar, so she's standing and paddling on this like five by five wood, wood yeah, floating wood plank thing. So she's paddling as fast as she can across the lake. We see there are lights on the other side of the lake. So there's another house over there. And as she's paddling, she looks back to the dock. The guy's gone. And it's, it's really dark. I mean, it's the middle of the night. And now they're in the middle of nowhere. It's, you know, it's even hard for me to see on my television. Uh-oh. I'm like trying to see what's going on. But she's trying to look around and, and get eyes on the guy. But can't and then the knife starts stabbing up through the wood planks he's underneath the dock thing it's this stressful scene of her moving around but not knowing where to go he can stab anywhere and so she's on her hands and knees which seems like a bad idea if, if someone's stabbing up from below but i mean What's a good idea in this situation? You know, it's it's tough. It's not an easy situation. I don't want to <laughs> oh, no, no. judge too hard. No, I would be... She's doing great. Parker, you're doing great. Parker, you're doing really great. <laughs> Considering um, you weren't expecting him to jump into the water and swim out to you. After it's just murdering someone pretty and it's pretty cold. Yeah, it's pretty cold too. Yeah. And so she's on her hands and knees. And unfortunately, the knife does come up right right in the middle of one of her hands. So she gets stabbed through the hand. Okay. And at that point, she just jumps off and swims to shore. We can't tell where the fuck this guy is. It's uh, presumably, obviously, he's following her, but, but we don't have eyes on him. So she's just running. She's running to that other house that had lights on. Meanwhile, we see Miri back at the house getting up very slowly and painfully dragging herself into Mm. the house and Mm. making a splint for her leg. She like breaks off chairs or legs of a stool and is putting them around her leg with saran wrap. She's doing a pretty good job tending to her wound as best she can, but looks very painful in this moment. It keeps she's because she's in the kitchen where the dead guy is and it keeps showing this guy in a way that's making us feel like maybe he's not dead. It just keeps Uh. like showing him with with this ominous music. And I'm like, motherfucker, this guy's not dead. 
go back to Parker now. She makes it to the house and she's banging on the door. The guy's not answering. She's saying, Mr. Lyons, Mr. Lyons. And he's not answering. So she slides open a window and crawls inside. But she leaves a big blood smear because her hand has been stabbed. So once the killer catches up with her, because it's the only place to go. So he knows she's obviously run there and then sees the blood trail. And so knows she's in there. So she is inside the house now looking around for any for, well, ideally a telephone or Mr. Lyons. Mr. Lyons comes around a corner with a loaded shotgun pointing at her face, pointed at her face and is just like, get the fuck out of my house. Like you're intruding. You're on my property. And she has to remind him who she is. It seems like it's been a while since he's seen her. And so she's trying to jog his memory by saying, oh, your daughter's name is Chelsea. We used to play on on the lake. And and he finally remembers. And she's like, someone's trying to kill me. She looks completely crazed. Obviously, she's wet, bleeding. Obviously, this is an emergency. And this guy's not taking it seriously enough. But eventually, he's like, okay, okay, yes, yes. Phone's over here. As soon as he turns, he's stabbed and killed. The killer has gotten (sighs) in the house. And so that did not work. Parker runs back out of the house. (laughs) Chase just continues. (laughs) And Miri at the house, she's got her leg all splinted. And we see the dead guy's eyes, eyelids fluttering as she's leaning against the wall, catching her breath. And he attacks her, totally catches her off guard. And he's on top of her. He doesn't have a weapon at this point. I think he's trying to strangle her. And she is crawling. And because Parker has flung open all of the cutlery drawers, there happens to be a big old knife just on the kitchen floor that's within her reach. And she's able to grab it and she stabs the guy in the neck. So now he's dead for real. Great. Go, Mary. I know. Mary and Parker fucking killing it. Doing a lot. Really doing well. They really want to kill them. They really want to kill them. They really are not giving up. I know. Just give up. Who the hell are these guys? Who are they? So now Parker's running back through the woods again and. The killer is so close behind her. There's just he's nipping at her heels and eventually she makes it to the road, but he tackles her and it's like there's not that many people around or there's nobody around anyway. So it's, you know, we're not feeling great. But then we do see some headlights approaching, but this killer doesn't seem to care and is continuing to try to kill her regardless. Um, so as the car gets closer and closer, she's eh, Parker grabs a finds like a big log type thing and hits him, knocks him backwards. He's stumbling back, gives her a chance to run to the car. She's waving the car down. Please help me. And uh, the woman in the car it rolls down the window a little bit and is like, oh, my God, like, what's going on? Are you OK? Parker's screaming. Some this guy's trying to kill me. Please. I need to like you need to help me. And 
is trying to get into the car so that they can leave <laughs> this uh, extremely dangerous place. And the woman is like, wait, 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 let me put my mask on. Let me put my mask on. And she's oh, like fishing around for her mask. Parker's banging on the window. Lady, let me in. And she goes, well, where's your mask? She's like, I don't fucking have one. And she's like, well, I can't let you in if you don't have a mask. Parker's like, are you fucking kidding me, lady? Uh, the lady's like, oh, uh, I think I might have an extra one. I might have an extra one. Gets an extra mask out, hands it to her, lets her in the car as the killer is starting to like regain strength after being knocked out or like knocked back from the log. So he's now running back towards the car and Parker's like, go, 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 go. And as she sits down in the seat and closes the door, she's like, looks like she's about to pass out. So she's going from a level 10 and depleting like, this this go go and then she says this this mask smells like and the woman says chloroform no no Uh, (laughs) oh my god i was gonna say any woman in that situation unfortunately i think if that happened to me if i was driving on a deserted road and a woman jumped out at me, covered in blood, screaming, I would not stop. No, I, I know. I know. I wouldn't stop. And I know that that's terrible. I would call 911. I would say, I just saw something really scary on the road. Yeah. I mean... But like, I don't think that I would stop. It would be really, really hard to stop. <laughs> I mean, depending on some context, there are... Depending on some context clues, like if it felt like. I'm sure there's some scenario in which I would, but for the most part, yeah, I think your reaction to something that looked very, very scary and dangerous would not be like, oh. Get my car. Yeah, get in my car. (laughs) Which is so cynical. Which is so cynical. I I know it is dark. I do think I think about this a lot. How our world is uh, not set up to like, help others yeah it's we not don't trust each other we don't trust each other and like in end of the world scenario i think about it in terms mm-hmm. of like apocalyptic scenarios Same. of just like well we're all fucked because i feel like in that case people will some people will be kind to an extent if it's like yeah. uh, a fire happened and we need to all band together i mean this does happen and it's like people are generous with like, I can, uh, here's, uh, supplies from my house or whatever, but it's like, that only really happens in a short term situation Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, we just need to get through this one thing. But like, if it's a full societal collapse and we're all, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be a different story. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a different story. I know I think about it all the time. Yeah. It's really top of mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Societal collapses in the air as Timmy Chalamet famously (laughs) said. Um, Okay. So now we go back to Miri. She sees a car approaching and is kind of optimistic for a second. Like maybe this is a good thing, but sees pretty quickly the killer in black and now this woman getting out of the car with Parker unconscious. So Miri hides 
And luckily, they already think that she's dead. So they're not in pursuit of her in this moment. So they come, they do come into the house and they come into the living room and they set up Parker on the couch. And Miri is hiding in the kitchen behind the kitchen counter. And she has a laptop and she's desperately trying to message 911, like, uh, like text on the computer. But it's not going through. The service isn't great out here. And so it's just like this very frustrating, stressful thing that she's just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Doesn't know what to do in this situation. Parker comes back to still out of it, obviously, after being chloroformed. But the woman and man are COVID testing her. They're putting a um, swab up her nose. Great. Okay. We find out their names are Pamela and Jason, which is, I believe, a Friday the 13th reference. Those are both the Voorhees' names. Jason Voorhees, Pamela Voorhees. I'm pretty sure. Uh, So, and now they're doing their, like, evil genius reveal speech now that she's awake. And we're finally getting some explanation as to why this is happening. All right. So Parker's awake now. Parker's awake, but not in any state to like fight them or anything. Mm -hmm. So they pull out a phone and they show her her Instagram post with that guy, Blake. And in the post, they're like kissing ish. And Pamela tells Parker, you have COVID, Parker. And Parker says, no, I don't like, I don't have any symptoms. And she's like, you do. And you're infecting people like you're asymptomatic, but you're, uh, you do have COVID. And then Jason is like, and the guy in the kitchen that you killed is our son. What? Is it Blake? She gave Blake COVID? Yeah. So they're like, she's still not, she's still not getting it. And because who would? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, but then, yeah, Pamela says, yes, Blake is also their son. And a f- couple days after that, he died of COVID. And uh, and now they're, uh, this was an, another son that was with them trying to get revenge. So now two of their sons are dead because of her, only because of her, not because of any choices they made. Oh, my God. Is Kevin Williamson, like, kind of subtweeting people who wanted to wear masks and stuff? Like, people who, like, do you know what I mean? Like, is he, like, sub... He's kind of... It's funny. I feel like people were... Some people were mad about this movie. Like, it has a weird anti-mask message. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It feels like Kevin Williamson is an anti-masker in a weird way. Just right. because he's making the people who want to be COVID safe, like, the end, like the villain. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's fair to be upset about, but also I think it, I don't think he's thinking necessarily too much about it. I think he probably was just like, why would someone want to murder someone in the time of COVID? Maybe because they gave them COVID. So I I think it was probably less. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's an anti-masker. That's so. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So now they were so committed to killing the person 
who spread COVID, they are willing to kill her neighbor too. <laughs> the neighbor is, that is fair, but she does ask, she was like, what about Miri and DJ? They didn't do anything. And she's like, well, per CDC guidelines, you were supposed to quarantine alone. So that's on you. But the neighbor's a good point. That one is, uh, innocent bystander. Completely. An innocent bystander. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, their reasoning is insane and they're obviously not, yeah, so they are telling her she needs to take responsibility for her selfishness. And at this point, Jason sees the Wi-Fi router flickering like someone's trying to use the Wi-Fi. That tips them off that someone else is still alive. So Pamela says, what about the other girl? Is she and he's like, she's dead. And he's like, well, go check again. So he goes outside, sees that she's not there. And we hear him like, fuck. And so while he's outside, Pamela is still giving her little like unhinged speeches to Parker. And it's like, you selfish little kids, like, don't realize. Oh, they say also, like, we did the tracing and we found out who gave it to you, too. Tyler, we took care of him also. Don't worry. I'm like, how... How would they have done that? Is there a way to do that? Is that <laughs> in April of 2020? I don't no, think no, I don't think no, no, that would no. have been possible. Also, the at-home COVID tests did not exist. Another little like this is so tragic. This is such a tragedy. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, it was a, a a painful time. But it's really making people who are following CDC guidelines look insane. <laughs> Yeah. It's really making them, making them look like the bad guy. But I mean, Miri follows them pretty well. She's wearing her mask a lot and using her hand sanitizer. So I think it, it's less a blanket statement about people that wear masks and more just something that he thought of. But maybe I'm making excuses for him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So Pamela is having her. Little speech. Little speech bitching at uh Parker and we see Mary sneaking up behind her while Jason is still outside and she has a, a big wine bottle and smashes it over Pamela's head. Parker gets up, she's kind of back to normal-ish enough to shove Pamela through the glass sliding door and looks like Pam is knocked out now. Pam. Doesn't seem like she's dead necessarily, but they just run. They just like, she's unconscious. So we're going to run. And as they are about to make it to the front door, we see a shadow of Jason about to come in the front door. So they run upstairs and he comes in and now sees his wife, unconscious and runs to try to chase them doesn't know where they are he's looking for them he goes upstairs and is looking around the room upstairs and they freaking come out from under a table or something slice his achilles <gasps> okay and spray disinfectant in his face <laughs> And then knock him over the like balcony ledge onto the first floor where the antlers are. And he gets impaled by like all, all of them. There's a whole bunch of them. There's like not a whole bunch of antlers, but you know what I mean? They're like 
They're all of them sticking straight through. Yeah. And so you know how easy it is to describe these sorts of things? Yeah. It's, it just comes right it to you. It just rolls off the tongue <laughs> when you're trying to describe someone being impaled in 10 different spots at once because antlers have little branches. <laughs> little punctured, punctured by yeah. all the branches. Yeah. But he's definitely dead. This is a gnarly kill. And antlers are, are making me... I'm interested in them as a weapon of choice. I just haven't ever considered. And, you know, maybe they wouldn't be a first choice. But if you're in a situation where things are getting dicey and there's some antlers, you know, I'm I'm bookmarking that information. What if they're attached to your head all the time? Imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, Henley, what if we get you some what if we get you some fucking antlers and your Wolverine claws? Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm, you will be mm-hmm. unstoppable. I'll be unstoppable. You just try to invade my home. You try. <laughs> imagine, imagine a guy coming in and you're in your bed and you have a head full of antlers and Wolverine claws on you. <laughs> You know what makes these movies so ridiculous is that they would get a fucking gun. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, that's if true. If you want to kill these people this badly, it is easier probably to buy a gun than it is to buy a knife in this in this country. That's not true. It's easy, easier to buy a knife, but it's very easy to buy a gun. Yeah. So if I, I, I antlers and a Wolverine claws, they're, they're not going to be able to fight fight off a gun. But That's true. If you're coming into my house with a knife, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens, motherfucker. <laughs> me and my nasty nightgown. Me and my nasty nightgown and my full head of antlers. Oh my god! <laughs> I really have a visual. And I you love try it. to come near my children. <laughs> you just fucking try. <laughs> You're like the ritual monster in terms of just like things pieced together that don't quite fit. Oh man, I love this. Me too. Me too. That's uh, a symbol of strength for I'll sure. See. Yep. Yep. Oh God, I like want a sculpture of that. <laughs> Just to protect a protective thing that I can put in my room I'm to ward off. In front of a, I'm standing in front of a crib. Yeah, I'm in a nasty nightgown. I have a full head of antlers. Yeah. A head of antlers. Uh-huh. Full Wolverine claws, like um, uh, what's it called? It's like retracted. Not, yeah, not re- wait, retracted. The opposite of <laughs> the opposite of retracted. Out. retracted. they're out (laughs) they're out they're out out and freaking ready Mm -hmm. and they've been sharpened they're sharpened and ready to go and oh my god okay so what the fuck happens next <laughs> tell me what happens next uh so now the sun is coming up they mary and parker are you know limping walking towards they they are tr- making their way towards a shed because the car is not drivable uh and there's a golf cart in the shed i guess that we just didn't think about earlier uh. it was it was tough times we were again we're not gonna judge it was a thinking flying by the seat of our pants situation. So mm-hmm. in the barn, there's a golf cart. We're trying to fill up the gas tank of it. Doesn't have any gas in it, of course. And as they're grabbing the gas, Pamela comes out once yeah. again with an axe covered in blood now also from falling through all the glass. And 
swings the axe at Parker, but Parker is able to fight her off and like hits her with the axe, but just the butt end of it. But in this fight is also able to douse her in gasoline that was in her other hand. And she calls out to Miri. Miri has a lighter. They were smoking some pot earlier. And Miri lights her on fire. And she runs out of the barn, burning alive. And she just runs down the street, even though there's nothing but but grass and lake around. And she just runs (laughs) down the asphalt street until she dies. This bitch has never heard a stop, drop, and roll. (laughs) And we're glad for that. We're glad for that, thankfully, because she does die. And the cops are arriving now. Maybe one of the text messages went through or or something. I can't remember. Or they've just, I don't know. Heard some noises. Yeah. But they're uh, they're coming. And Parker and Miri walk out into the middle of the street holding hands as all the cops are coming. And that's the end of the movie. What the <laughs> fuck was the point of that movie? I'm serious. I really do feel like it was anti-mask. I think I enjoyed it by not thinking about that. Right. right I think right, like right. we just got to think of it as a slasher set in the time of COVID with no right. agenda. <laughs> right, 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 right. Just like a fun home invasion COVID flick. I think, I, th- I think that's what it was trying to be. And I do agree that it has an unfortunate implication of anti-mask <laughs> that I'm not sure whether or not was intentional, but I'm choosing to believe was was not the point Kevin Williamson was trying to make. Okay, fair, fair. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Because I thought um, it was a fun time. Missing. You know what? That, we're going to bring it back around. That is what's missing in today's culture. Giving the benefit of the doubt. You know, you see that screaming woman on the side of the street, let her into your car. Give her the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) That's right. That's right. If we can do it for Kevin Williamson, we can do it for a woman screaming on the side of the street. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And we should all remember that when the electrical grid fails and we are living off the land. Yep. Yep. I've got some things to learn before then. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. too. But check on your local um, plants because we're going to be foraging before you know it. Yeah, LA's full of full of edible plants. I mean, there might be. We're all going to be in Griffith Park. Oh God! Yeah, those are gonna be those are gonna be good good times. I can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) um okay well emily missed a missed a fun one she missed a fun one i was gonna say because we wanted to do a fun one because we did two tough ones in a row and uh this one i think is mostly fun with some you know little hints of societal collapse that if we think too hard about feel not fun but that's not Mm -hmm. the text of this film and so Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we had a we had a we had a good time Emily will be back soon. Mm-hmm. Emily, we love you. We love you, listeners. Love you, listeners. Not really any voices from this movie. Maybe if I had a mask on, should I say it through that my would be good. Should yes, I say it through, mask. through my shirt? Because I'm not going to yeah, go get perfect. a mask. It might not even sound different. But from all that of us does. here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 
Thank you, my friends, for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you had fun hanging with us, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast. And if you're interested in things like bonus episodes, video, trailer reactions, and other cool content, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. All right, we love you all forever and ever, starting a while ago and continuing into eternity. Adios. That was a HeadGum Podcast.